Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, we're live. That's what they're telling us. That's yeah. what they're telling us. Um, and whatever, man. No logo, no nothing. This is this is private, exclusive, premium content. So I think people know where they're where they're getting. I mean, is there anybody signed up at that level? Can we even can they even get private, exclusive, premium stuff? I think so. The big okay. the big gap that I've found so far at Club Bald Move is we don't have a like n- email notification system. All so right. we need to get the the mail kimp. We need to talk to the mail Kemp and get a uh, Club Bald Move newsletter so people get the schedule. And we also need to implement a schedule on, on the front page. <laughs> we, we also need to implement a schedule on the back end because we don't really have one. Yes, yes. Uh, other than for our podcasts. Yes. Uh, I don't know. For, for stuff like this, it's hard because we don't schedule this until sometimes the day of. Well, we've been sometimes better. We've been before. scheduling out days in advance, but this week Yeah, but how, been... how often do you want to hit people with a newsletter? Just like once like, a month, right? I, no, no. Like when new content is posted, they every get, time they get an email, so. no. they can opt out. If they don't People like. People don't it. want that many emails. That's too. Many that's emails. how much Patreon. I don't know. I guess we should ask. But that's what Patreon is doing. Every time I post a new All creation, right. they get a message. I think people like that. Just check our website. You'll know. <laughs> You'll know. Yeah, because people don't go to websites anymore. No, that's they don't. So nineteen nineties. So nineteen nineties. Um. So we got some things I'm kind of uh, wanting to talk about, and then uh, we've got Q and A for people that uh, want to do that kind of thing. Uh, we'll we'll be checking that here in about 15 minutes. I want to talk about Destiny because I'm in the throes okay. of Destiny addiction. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to talk about the stuff that most people are bitching about, which is like the leveling and some of the bugs and all that stuff. Because honestly, as a busy dad. I feel like I never have, I can never, I've, I've got too much stuff in the game that I have to do at any given time. Hmm. And that's just with single character. If I started in, in investing in multiple ones and God help me. Um, I want to talk about the story because that's the one thing that seems to be a big sticking point. It's something that uh, Destiny or Bungie is being flogged about. Um, and after the last few weeks, I'm not sure I totally agree with it. Okay. So, and also, it's kind of in the bald move valley wick. You know, this is video games are not, I won't say the future of storytelling, but it's certainly its own genre, interactive storytelling. And I think that, you know, it's kind of in the infancy, infancy. We're in the Nickelodeon penny arcade days of Mm -hmm. video game storytelling. Uh, We might be entering into the silent movie era. And who knows where we'll be 50 years from now. But, um, I want to talk about the story. Our backgrounds, as far as how involved in stories on games, um, you don't give a shit. Usually, usually there are some games that hook me, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic is one. Sure, but that's been a while, you know. Um, I don't know games that the people traditionally say have amazing stories. I look at and I say. God damn it! I've got a branch here, but does it really change the outcome? And that's how I felt with Walking Dead too. Oh yeah! Like well, I thought the the story, as told in Walking Dead, is fantastic, but it's not a game. No, it is not a game. No, it's, it is a 
is an interactive movie. It's not even a choose your own adventure because no. you can make different choices and it might impact the dialogue, but you are on a railroad yeah. where at the beginning of the story and the end of the story, you're going to end up a certain uh, in a certain place and there's nothing you can do to change it. Uh, I, on the other hand, am a lore whore. Uh, I'm playing Magic. I'm the guy that plays Magic the Gathering and I'm reading the italicized text. I'm disappointed when I get a card that doesn't have a, a, like a lore sentence. And I'm trying to figure out this Rafik the mini guy. What is his deal? And uh, how is he? How does his story relate to the finest hour card? And, and you get like a new box set and you will. Oh. You'll go through and read the little booklet that comes with it. Like, uh, oh, Time Spiral. Where does that fit in the magic and, universe? And I, and I read the Friday Post Fuck on the site to try to figure out, you know, how the different factions are related and who's winning and who's losing. And I haven't read the novels because here's the thing. I like – there's something that I like about um, kind of solving the mystery. I have these threads and I'm reading, you know, Magic the, the, the Gathering lore is kind of like fragments of conversations. Sure. And you get like the philosophies and the quotes and the actions of evil characters and the actions and quotes and philosophies of good characters and what the good characters said about the bad characters and vice versa. And you can kind of, there's a lot of things that are open to interpretation like real life. Um, for example, I think your water just came back on. Might, might want to, might want to make sure it shut off. <laughs> It's super fucking cold here at the Bald Move headquarters, and I think that somebody in this apartment complex got their pipes frozen because the water got shut off a couple hours ago. And is it all good? Are we are we in danger of flooding? Yes, the water of life is flowing now. Shut it off. Shut it off and come back. I said the water life is flowing. Now shut it off and come back. Um, I think it's interesting because you get you kind of it's like real life, you know. It's politics, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. How you feel about certain real life events, wars, and public policy and personalities has a lot to do with your thoughts on how the world should work, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so destiny is a similar thing. It's a very bare bones story. Mm -hmm. um, it's essentially. 2001 a space odyssey there's a monolith that appeared on mars except for it's not a monolith it's a giant sphere mm -hmm. called the traveler and it kickstarts human um, evolution and technological development and kickstarts humanity's golden age where we've terraformed our other planets in the solar system we spread thither and yon um we're kicking alien aliens start to invade but we're kicking their ass because we've got the almighty traveler on our side and then something called the darkness comes uh, Traveler gets all depressed. Traveler gets mopey, depressed and mopey. Stops really helping us, and it starts kicking our ass. And and it leads to a collapse where, at the time that we pick up the story of destiny, humans have fallen back all the way to Earth for like hundreds of years. One city. There's one city left yeah. that literally lives under the 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 hulking shadow of the Traveler. Mm -hmm. And there's this order called the Guardians who are entrusted with defending that city. Uh, but it seems like it's a losing attrition war. Now, the other interesting thing is um, sometime during the collapse, the darkness got its ass kicked too. Hmm. Um, and it's not active right now. Uh, all that seems to be active is the different aliens that have slowly started moving into our space. And that's it. Um, 
what's interesting is Bungie, there's a ton of lore. There's like over 600 pieces of like diary fragments and research articles and interviews with ancient players and current players and all this stuff that's, that's called the Grimoire um, that you can pick up by completing different tasks and encountering different things. Thing is, you cannot read them in-game. Yeah. You have to get the mobile app or you have to go to Bungie.net and read all this shit online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people are accusing ben- Bungie of being lazy and not integrating that stuff into this story somehow. I don't think it's laziness. I think it's desire to pull people to their mobile app. For, to what end? For whatever reason. Okay. Uh, potentially, there's going to be like a store for your shit. I, there already is a store, isn't there? I don't think so. You can't buy anything uh, in, in, in Destiny. Not sure about that. I know you can buy merch on there. Really? Yeah. I downloaded the app because, you know, I wanted to see um, if they told me where stuff was going to be popping up, those public missions. There is an app for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a different fucking app. <laughs> Bungie will not give you that app. But Yeah, there's Bungie store linked in there. I'd, so there's there's multiple motivate motives. I see it as a nefarious thing to okay. pull you into their mobile app. All right, so there's a bunch of different theories. That's one of them. Another is that Bungie is lazy or they're crunch for time, so they didn't have time to get the voice talent to surface this stuff into a meaningful way. I have a third theory. So Bungie, who has made the marathon uh, game, which then led into the Halo series, and they got Halo purchased from them, and they've essentially rebooted halo i feel like destiny is like halo set a thousand years in the future with also a little bit of star wars magical force thrown in okay okay a lot of gamers like yourself uh you skip cutscenes. um if you can not always yeah but 90 percent of the time when you're playing a game you don't give a shit about what why you are killing this particular orc or why you're blowing up this spaceship. It's just you want to blow the spaceship. It's the mechanical thrill. Yeah, most of the time. There a there are a lot of players exactly like you. And then there's even more with the Halo element where people just want to play each other and they want to play player versus player and fuck this story in its ass. Um, and there's guys like me. Bungie also is famous. They're one of the first ones to do an alternative reality game around the launch of Halo 2 where they had a website that was a a beekeeper's website Mm -hmm. that looked like it was being corrupted by this advanced artificial intelligence and it gave a bunch of clues. It all ended up decoding into essentially buy more Ovaltine or drink more Ovaltine, Mm -hmm. buy Halo 2, buy Halo 3. But they were engaging players in an innovative way. They arguably created alternative reality genre. And doing that just for a marketing standpoint. I wonder if they're doing this because what I'm seeing is people are taking these grimoire cards and they're making YouTube videos and they're assembling timelines and they're arguing about what things mean. And I wonder if this is a, a alternate attempt to really engage a player like myself. Because okay. now I find that I actually feel like I am like one of the lords around the warlock, the class that I like to play as they are interested in the arcane matters of the universe, and they like to go out and find these um, ancient glyphs and these pieces of lore and figure out what they mean. And a lot of the grimoire cards are, in fact, different factions arguing about the stuff, what they find is what, and what it means. And by doing that, I feel like I'm actually more a part of the game world than I would have if they just spoon-fed me a narrative. That's fine. Tell me why this doesn't belong in the game. Tell me what I lose. I think it as does. As a player who doesn't give a shit about story, 
if this is in the game going on, like say a Bioshock where mm-hmm. you're walking around the world, you pull up a tape or whatever, and it reads it to you while you continue to play the game. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand why, like in, in my mind, I should not have to download a secondary app to get a good story. Okay. If that if story is your goal here. Okay. Um, I don't have a great answer for that. Um, other than, yeah, I just don't have a great answer for why they don't surface it. Like that's that's why people are so angry about this. Not because the story maybe doesn't exist or it isn't innovative. Because uh-huh. it's not in the fucking game. Right. It's just not in there. And they have a way to surface it on the app. You know they could easily just port that UI into the game. Sure. It's it not seems, a big deal. It seems pretty easy to have it. With a $500 million that- budget, this game could have given you a story. But is it possible that if they done, did that in a pedestrian way. Because that's like, um, I as big a lore whore as I am, as big of a Lord of the Rings fan I am, the last Middle-Earth game I played, which was like, Shadows of Mordor, okay. I found yeah. it fucking ponderous. It was terrible. That's going, a terrible story. Going and finding the stuff and looking at artifacts and examining them and listening to the thing being read. And I stopped doing it, even though I kind of was interested. Uh-huh. I just wonder if this is a way to like move as much of the story away from the people that don't care about the story and yet and and make this feel more personally connected. Like having to get on your phone or having to get on a website and, and essentially research shit um, is interesting because there's like, you know, is it is it I can't like what if I here's just, the other what thing if I just have the game like yeah. I'm, I'm a 15 year old i'm playing destiny my parents won't let me have a cell phone how the fuck do i get access to that you can play destiny but you can't get on a web browser uh, is it on the web yeah, yeah. bungie.net if you mm. go you can read it all in fact that's probably the superior experience right. because it's actually a lot the artwork is better and the interface is better for all that yeah um but i don't know i i it's not a bad option i guess but i i just think it the, why why not have it in the ui somewhere because it's also, a fucking button with a list of text. It feels like arcane, and these arguments like that happen amongst the player community feel very organic. Like many times when I've been in the Destiny Reddit and people are arguing over a piece of lore, I'm like, this could be a cutscene. This could be uh, a bunch of old grizzled vets in the Vanguard arguing about whose point of view is right, the Titans or the Hunters, mm-hmm. um, and who's got a better handle on their own history. And... Like I think something that's super interesting is the idea that they had these. There's so many big ideas in this game, right? Yeah. Um, the fact that humanity created these things called war minds, which are these incredibly advanced, super intelligent computers that all had the like Asmos- Asmovian laws in them that they have to protect humanity and all this. Except for there's one of them, Rasputin. Who was the war mind of Earth? Oh, is that, that what Rasputin is? That that his his prime directive was to survive, and there's a lot of evidence mm-hmm. that Rasputin sold out humanity when darkness fell. Okay, but if you look at the evidence in another light, Rasputin did the calculus, saw that there was no way to win this battle, so the best way to s- preserve humanity was to essentially give up, allow most of us to be wiped out concentrate the one area where it could easily protect us and then await and gather information there is okay that that's fine yeah i just don't like that it is not surfaced anywhere in the game it is impossible to get that from the game well i think completely impossible there's enough so but there's enough hooks about 
you know, when you first activate Rasputin and you first activate the last array and then you go to Venus and or and then have you done any of the Ezra's Morn campaigns? The chick from the I don't know. Is that an expansion thing? I don't, I don't know. Have... She's the one girl in the tower that wears the black robes and she's got the she blindfold of three glowing eyes and like pitch black tar running down her cheeks. I don't know. I played through the whole story. Okay, so I don't think... I think that's what you do after you hit level 20. Oh, okay. And it might be the Dark Below. I, I don't know. Um, but she, there's a campaign where you have to go save Rasputin. Um, and she's asking questions about whether he can be trusted or not. And he's playing weird Russian symphonies that if you... This is not in the game lore at all, at all but you find out that this is a Russian composer. And this particular composition was uh, what some uh, mus musical historians consider his suicide note because this guy later committed suicide. Okay. And that shit, like, that's the kind of stuff that if I was a guardian uh, thousands of years removed from present-day pop culture um, would be super interesting to figure out why is this super, this super advanced intelligence using this Russian composer's death symphony as a distress signal. I want to know why this super advanced story is not in the fucking game. <laughs> That's what I want to know. But I'm saying it's not like I have I never okay. game to, to view this stuff. You go to the fucking mobile app or to website. So don't ask me that again. That's not in the game. It's answer. not in the game. Yes, but it what I'm not saying in the game, I've not why? thought about a plot of a game this much for 15 years precisely okay. because it's been so hard to get it. And I'm and, and just I, I wonder devil's advocate with Bungie, you know, I think Bungie does care about story and Bungie has been at the forefront for innovative ways to tell a story. If this okay. is not this abs, this layer of obfuscation is a reward mechanism to make guys who do care about lore and history even more jazzed about it. Like in the same way that wait, wait, wait. So having it at your fingertips on a mobile app is better than like is somehow more interesting than no, having it in the game. It divorces it from the game, so I'm fully concentrated and interacting with other players. This isn't something I'm just picking up from the game. It's something I have to seek out and follow clues and then talk about talk with it, talk talk about it with other developer or other guardians. And Bungie.net has also integrated this forum system, so they kind of encourage that hub and collaborative storytelling. I don't know I'm right. I could this could be just Man, this could I, be making excuses for a half billion dollar game, but I'm just saying that the effect it's had on me and I see other people too, like in the same way that they I don't give a shit about PVP. I suck at it. I don't play it enough to be good at it. Uh then fine tuning balances and classes I could give a shit about. But that's super important for the people that are in a PVP. Mm -hmm. What if Bungie, who I know for a fact has several psychologists on their staff to talk about reward carrot stick and how it appeals to certain gamers what if they've decided that this is the best way to tell a story to really balance it for a lore horror like myself I, I don't know i mean the thing i don't like about it is they've, they've turned it into a scavenger hunt essentially that's that's never going to hook anybody into the story, though. You're never going to get the player who's on the fence. You're talking to... You're only catering to you, the guy who's going to go download a separate app to seek out these stories. You're never going to get the guy who was me five, ten years ago and is like, oh, I'm coming off KOTOR. This story sounds interesting. I I'm looking for another story like that. I can't get it. I can't get it on there. Is it possible that this is a simulation of the state of the... Because, you know, when you first come into the game, 
uh, it's a pivotal point in the history of Earth because now the Guardians are starting to, for various reasons, largely driven by your players' actions, get off the fucking Earth, Mm -hmm. go to other things and start uncovering all this Golden Age technology and all these archives and libraries. Is this supposed to simulate like you've got a shroud, literal shroud of war that when Destiny 2 and other expansions, like I think it'd be interesting if they have all this lore and they've they're essentially creating John the Baptist players that are out in the wilderness raving about war mines and the Vex Collective and how it could be a virus infecting the fabric. I think of the you universe drunk a little and, bit in the Kool Aid of the forum, but, like what Bungie they, forum Kool Aid. But I, that's the thing. Like, Bungie like, isn't bad at this. Bungie's genius. Nobody's saying Halo this, though. did not have a good story. Uh, to my Bungie knowledge, Bungie is taking a massive leap forward in storytelling. If that is the case, to to my knowledge, I'm the only person that's 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 put forth this. I actually think I'm going to turn it into a uh, Reddit news post and post it right. for Karma this weekend. You should and and see what people think. But I I just don't trust the people who made the Halo games to have such a forward thinking view on storytelling. Well, Halo, had Halo a great- has a notoriously mediocre story. I don't That's agree. ripped off of Ringworld, that's ripped off of so many other sci-fi series. They don't typically, in my mind, stand out as great storytellers. If you told me that like I think, but BioWare was doing this or mm-hmm. like Bethesda was doing this, I could see it. I don't think it's fair to say that the Halo stories don't have a good story. They're mediocre. They're just I generic. I think that, that what, the interesting thing is the stuff that makes it into the game is a very small part of that lore. And what makes it interesting is when you find, when you read the novels, when you, read the fiction, when you play yeah, the other games, great. and when you see that, yeah, well, I mean, it's if hard you, to argue with you because you're a person that just doesn't, it, it, it's got to be an extraordinary measure to get you to care about something. And it's got to be in the game. I, if I can't I find it, that. I'm not going to read it. Sorry. I get that, that it's, it's, it's got to be in the game for you. Yeah, I'm, I just, whatever, whatever on this. Like, I'm, obviously, I don't care much about the story, but I, I think... They could have hooked me in the story. I was interested through the first cutscene, but the way it unfolds, like immediately after that, just well, here's the thing: me. I think they really fucked up if they're going to do it this way. Is that they didn't make it clear why you, the player, are involved in this event at this particular time? If they, I think, if they had one cutscene where when you first meet the speaker, because you, the player, you are in the ruins of old earth you've been raised from the dead by this artificial intelligence construct that immediately puts questions in my mind that i want answers to and and, and the game acknowledges it your ghost says uh which is the ai intelligence your ghost says i'm sure you have a lot of questions now but go you, shoot something but but you, we've got to go because i didn't resurrect you just to have you killed by these fallen guys so okay i'm gonna put a pin in it i need to survive and i'm apparently fine. a badass fine. and here's a gun let's go when you get to the speaker, he should have told you why you are important and why this, I guess, recent effort for ghosts to go out and revive dead guardians is opening up humanity to the stars again. But they didn't. Yeah, I felt and, lost immediately after the first cutscene. And then, like, I because I, I did this as an exercise. I asked my eight-year-old son, who's been playing Destiny with me. Um, it's a great father-son co-op game. Like I asked him, like, what's the story of Destiny? And he actually had some interesting headcanon where in the first cutscene where you see the three astronauts exploring the Traveler, mm-hmm. he, in his mind, said those were the original three Guardians. And one of them became a Warlock, and one became a Titan, one of them became a Hunter. 
And but, right. but everything other than that yeah. interesting layer that he himself added to it, he kind of understood why we were doing the different things, why we went to the moon, why we went to Venus, why we went to Mars, and kind of where things were at the end of the game. We were tracking down the darkness. Yes. We were tracking down the thing that was allowing the darkness to encroach. Yes. Like that's pretty much it. And Great, that's a fine MacGuffin, but I didn't feel like the story unfolded in a way that kept me engaged. Yeah. It was just like, go to this planet because the next step of our journey is there. Sure. And I think they did um, a really bad job at, because uh, it's all there, I mean, at a very surface level. Like, I feel like what you're yeah. getting in the game is the uh, the, sit, the city and the tower, which is the official government of the Earth. Um, okay. I think you're getting the official line and then all the lore around it is asking questions about that or ex- ex- giving your information or giving a lot of backstory about the alien races, which is super interesting, too. That's the part that I thought is super interesting. You were talking about this and like saying, oh, well, you know, it might encourage people to kind of come up with their own ideas about what happened in this universe yeah. based on the, the limited amount of information they're given and the conflicting information that they're given from right. different factions. Right. Did, and I think that's super interesting. Did Rasputin sell us out or did Rasputin save us? Yes. And uh, it, I like that a lot. And and is he, because that's something that Bungie has done in every one of their series, Marathon, Halo, and now we have Destiny, we don't know. They've always explored the ideas of uh, insane artificial intelligences. Mm-hmm. And like, so Rasputin has woke up just now and he's not community. He's he's he has been standoffish with the guardians for like the last six months. And then Dark Blow comes out. He sends this Russian sym- symphonic death symphony. That's his first communication to us. But there's also, I just think there you, are you better pick, ways to do this. I secondary. I'm not. I'm not but thing. but here's like the, look at Portal. Portal is an excellent display. Portal and Portal Two, which I think portal 2 is better sure on a lot of levels but portal is a single is story with a single narrative where there is a right and wrong yes. answer sure destiny is more of a living world where it's open to interpretation who the enemies who the friends are who's lying to you bioshock was like that i mean bioshock was like you're dropped in this situation in this underwater uh complex what happened here? Like, I see evidence of what's going on here. But there was piecing a, it together. There was a central villain, and there was a right and wrong answer. But you're telling me there's no right or wrong answer as to the timeline of events in, in Destiny? There is. So there is a narrative that they have in their heads. But no, no, no. I'm saying this is bigger. This is like the, these these right or wrong in the sense of like what's our obligation to help the poor? Why? At when is war justified? Uh, what is the what is the government's what is the government's obli- okay. obligation to tell the citizens the truth versus their duty to protect them? That is what I think is super fucking interesting, and yeah. I'm wondering if some of this stuff we see as hacks is just kind of their way to tell this next level story. Because if they, it's a light touch. You can't just go and tell people what the fucking story is, or you don't get this organic level of uncertainty and doubt in that stuff fine why isn't it in the game <laughs> i'm saying is like maybe that's the secret <laughs> like, sauce i, I just that's my don't only get it. that's my hypothesis that is what they would consider the secret sauce and i don't know I if i'm am right far more cynical when it comes to this i think it is so it is for some reason that something they're going to launch in the future on their mobile app or who knows who knows what they're going to do with that mobile app but i think it is to get people into that mobile app well i think it's kind of cool like because it's a, now i'm going to project the future a year from now, they roll this stuff into the game, 
you've got people like me who have kind of their minds made up about stuff. And then you've got a whole class of people that are being exposed to some of these ideas for the first time. And you already have factions and different things within the city. It'd be cool to have modern, like, you know, political activists versus people who are informed versus the quote unquote sheeple. Like, what if this is an effort to <laughs> model that dynamic? So in, in a year from now, they will roll this stuff into and there will be the official timeline, but there'll be people like me say, yeah, but what about this? What about this archive that we found on Venus? What about, and I think that would be super interesting. I don't know. But when they roll it out as the concrete series of events, there is no more what if. What no, about? that's because it's that's the official, that's not, bun I'm not saying Bungie does this. I'm saying oh. that the speaker hmm. comes out and says, this is the official doctrine of the traveler. Gotcha. Which they're kind of going quasi-religious with that stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. That's a half hour on Destiny uh, and its story and how it's not in the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's plenty. Uh, I'm going to turn our eye to the Q&A app and see if we have any questions or answers about this. We can talk about club ball move, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got about 15, 10 to 15 minutes left and we got to bounce out of here. Uh, Chris Handy said, it could be nice to have a second screen experience. You have to put the game down while you're in line at the store. <laughs> yeah, like this, what I... So what I'm doing, um, I'm finding myself reading Destiny lore over the Mistborn series at this point. Like when I'm going okay. to bed, I've got both on my phone. I picked up a few more Grimoire cards today. I'm going to do that and then see what the, you know, get online and talk to people about it. And why I'm at the doctors or whatever. I mean, that's sure. somewhat a way to engage a type of player beyond the actual game itself. <laughs> that's fair. Still, why can't I do it in the game? Um, Dan G, Dan Gordon says, either of you guys ever play Heavy Rain? It's the closest the game comes to TV movie level drama. Um, the close second being The Last of Us. The oh, last The Last of Us is another story I really got into. Sure. I like that a lot. That is a very linear plot. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, it is in very engaging, and the way it's told is kind of brilliant. I don't know. The Heavy yeah. Rain, I played... Um, the first couple of chapters or whatever levels, I don't hmm. know what you call them. Okay. And I, number one, like I tend to run from emotionally engaging things until I'm ready for it. It's the re- reason I've been putting off watching big fish for like years. Cause someone tells me, Whoa boy, this is going to kick your emotional ass between your emotional ears. I'm like, I'm not ready for that on any random Friday night. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, and also I just thought it was a little too, railroady it's very much it felt to me very much uh the walking dead with the quick time events and the way to tell the story it's like yeah you can choose how much time you sit in the car and let the rain hit and and whether you open the door and like do you open it right away or do you sit there and be it's like that like it's (laughs) almost theater yeah rather than but performing for no one performing for yourself like my character, if, if this was me, I would just be, I'd just sit in the car for at least 30 seconds and watch and, and you know, just be too depressed to move. Yeah, that, I, I don't see the point of that. Yeah. I really don't see the point of that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I never played Heavy Rain at all. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people talk about it and, you know, how innovative it was and different from what was out at the time there's another game that just came out called that dragon cancer that i first heard about at pax and hearing the guy speak about it made me cry and then i just read an article about it in um (laughs) game informer and i started tearing i'm like fuck this it's a it's a the guy made a game about his 
infant son dying of cancer who he died in real life at the age of five and what it's like to be a parent in that situation. Probably and rough. I'm like, yeah. fuck all of that. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I guess I hear from multiple people. It's just an emotionally harrowing story of like, what do you do when your baby won't stop crying in a hospital? And what do you do when you're celebrating birthdays, knowing each one could be that's like, man, I'm, Fuck that. No. <laughs> Go to hell. Is it a game or is it a movie? It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. It's called that Dragon Cancer. I will okay. play it one day because I hear it so good, but it's got to be a day that I kind of already feel shitty. All right. Let's All see right. what other questions we got. Um, what is from the Bowman? What is the blue book on the shelf behind Aaron? It's got a hand on the cover. Oh, yeah. This is the one that uh, um, Jason Zankel. Uh, recommended to me when I was asked uh, when I wanted to get more into um, kind of the art of filmmaking. It is uh, film directing shot by shot, visualizing from concept to the screen. And I asked him like, what is his like number one reference for like how to frame shots and like visual dialogue? And it's excellent. I've I've read bits and pieces here and there, um, and it is a masterclass of like you know how you spacing and lighting and, you know, close-ups and um, how to do sequential storytelling. Does it say anything about putting the story of your movie in a second screen application? It actually recommends yeah. okay. that you take all the dialogue and you put it in a podcast and you make them listen to the dialogue okay. of the movie separately. Cool, cool. That's um, my kind of book. They say if you're an innovator, if you just want to do yeah. what everybody else does, then just put it right there in a movie or a television show. Uh -huh. But it's by uh, Stephen Day Katz. Stephen D. Katz. And you can get on Amazon for like 15 bucks or so. And uh, yeah, I it's probably a lot of stuff. you Because uh, Shane impresses me. He knows so much more about film and cinema and all that stuff. I'm kind of just a guy who's interested in it. I feel like that Shane has got a better handle on it from a workable you know, creative sense. Hmm. Okay. He shames me. The next Spielberg. <laughs> um, let's see. All right. Chris Handy. Here's what I like to hear. Cloud ball move. I've been a freeloader until now, but I've been listening since the original breaking good. It's good to have a direct recurring way to support interested interest in your, or support interested in your WordPress plugins for membership on the club ball move. How's it going so far? WordPress plugins, yeah. This? Uh, all that shit is running on WooCommerce. Um, we have a few few separate plugins for WooCommerce itself, like uh, name your own price, subscriptions, stuff like that. Uh, and it all just kind of worked flawlessly. Um, the mean, devil's we, in the implementation details, but we... It is. Like we, we, and thank we, God, because we were already running... I'm I'm glad it went as technically well as it did because we were already running so far behind in every other thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it integrates um, kind of well with forums. Like we have this other plugin called Groups, which adds people who subscribe to a certain group, which gives them permissions on the forum to the VIP members through their account. It's like it also unlocks content on the website. Yeah, it does. Like the solution's pretty robust and it's pretty easy to set up. Uh, it was kind of expensive though. Yeah. I mean, each of these plugins is like 75 bucks or something. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, then there's also like, so, so where we go from here is like I said, we're looking to get some kind of, uh, mail information system. Um, a second screen ball move app to where we don't tell mm -hmm. you the schedule. You have to go on your smartphone to find out. 
Yeah, we're going to do the really the 20 re- minute previews of our podcast. Uh-huh. Find the rest on right. the Bald Move app. Or Jim will say some. Jim will tell a lie and I'll tell the truth, and you have to figure out which one is which. Or maybe Jim's the sure. truth teller and I'm the liar. Uh, we're we're really know. trying to get the lore whores, essentially. Mm-hmm. You start up a forum section. The people it. who just want to listen to podcasts, yeah, you know, you're going to listen anyway. We want to really capture the minds of the people who want to be challenged mm-hmm. and listen to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, for for the future, I don't know. We we need to move some stuff from like like add some more products to the store. So there there are some things that are not like physical products, but like commissioning a podcast shouldn't yeah. only be available on Subbable. We're gonna put that up at some point. Yeah. Uh, more more interaction that way, I guess. Uh, Shane's coming back and says, "What fucked up your servers last week? Be as technical as you care to be. I can speak it." SSL. I it still blows our mind. We don't understand exactly what it was about it that that did it, but we needed to have SSL on our site uh, because we we were going to go live with Amazon payments, uh, PayPal, and Stripe, and the la- the Stripe and Amazon payments need the shopping cart experience to be encrypted, mm-hmm. and um, you know, before it actually hands off to the complete process, which, you know, I mean, I used to be a former security officer uh, at a company. So it's like, I, yeah, that's, that's all well and good. Um, however, the way we're installed on media temple, it was like an all or nothing, or at least that was the easiest thing to just encrypt all their traffic. And we're like, okay, fine. The other problem was media temple. We've got a, uh, a staging server where we can test out all these plugins and stuff to see if they're not going to screw up the server. The one thing you can't do is test SSL installation. So we installed it and everything looked fine, like it checked out. Um, However, encrypting the feeds gave the iTunes catalog a fit. Um, Suddenly, all of our feeds showed up as uh, non-compliant to the iTunes standards. And that uh, that affected um, primarily iTunes, I know. It also affected anything that uses the iTunes catalog, such as Pod. Pocket Caster on Android. Um, there's a lot of services that weren't affected, um, but it seemed like it made it, it tripped I, Apple into thinking their feeds were no longer valid. Something about the images. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't like uh, the encrypted images. So I think we, uh, we did two things at the same time. We put in a, an order into Media Temple to revert change. And also, Jim was trying to track down because the, the ultimate solution is we just need to encrypt the cart yeah. and leave everything else the, the, the alone. And I think you were pretty close to getting that done when the... They emailed me and said, yep, we flipped the switch the back. The system administrator like, said we undid it. Yeah, well, it, it just worked. So I'm, I don't know if it was me or if it was you. Right. So now I'm not sure I have the solution. I might have it. We're looking for ways to get this set up on our alpha server for testing because... We're we cannot new, have yeah. we cannot have it do the same thing it did last time. There's no. no way I will put SSL back on that server until we're sure it's going to work. Which means we're stuck with PayPal until we do that. Yeah. The other solution is we could, um, well, yeah, I guess we could maybe uh, get a second server to actually just host the cart aspect of it. But then we have to figure out some way to replicate the users back to our main server. That's kind of our plan that we dismissed because it's just too technically complicated. It's like we have three servers, one for the forum, one for our content, one for the shopping cart experience, and we'll replicate the users across all of them. But that's so many moving parts 
and we, there's only so much time that we have in a day to deal with technical problems. And when we have technical problems, it just makes everything harder, you know, because we have to work hours that we planned on producing content, and it's just <laughs> it's a shit show. So yeah. that's the yeah. long explanation. Encrypting all of our traffic made our feed show as non-validating, which made Apple pissed off at us, and they stopped updating our feeds because that's Apple's way to retaliate against podcasters doing things they don't like. Mm-hmm. You used a dirty word in your description, we're taking down your feed. Uh, <laughs> you used the wrong resolution <laughs> size image or a different format, we're taking down your feed. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it tripped all the bells about the image compliance or something. So we have a yeah. little bit more research and testing to do before we roll that out. Once we do, then we'll have Stripe ready to go because I personally don't like PayPal. Uh, but we'll have Stripe ready to go, and we'll have Amazon Payments ready to go. Yep. Uh, the other thing is, I didn't, um, I didn't mean to talk shit about Subbable and Patreon. Um, there is. Did some, you? Yeah, I said there's some inside knowledge about some stuff, and oh yeah, I didn't. But mean, we can't talk about it yet. And we can't. That's all very true. Yeah. But I think a lot of people took it that there is something intrinsically wrong with Patreon or Subbable or the people behind oh. it, and I do not want to imply that. No. Um, when they're, the story, they're very above the board. They're very cool. And, We've and talked with all of them, and so. and and uh, they're you know, like I said, I can't talk about it. No. Can't talk about it. <laughs> There's, yeah, but we've got uh, NDAs and shit like that. When the whole story is so. told, um, I think everybody will appreciate what's going on. There's nothing nefarious. It's just, again, um, the event that we're going to talk about is something that made Jim and I convinced that we want to hold the future of our fundraising in our hands. Yeah. If you're a creator and you're using Patreon, um, I think that's a great I, I, Patreon. Seems like they're really on the ball and they're you know really committed to helping creators get paid for creating content sure uh yeah they're they're a good solution so um there we go uh let's see let's wrap it up because we got about two three minutes and we got to get out of here okay um let's see uh man how do i pronounce that renish 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 perfect I saw it confirmed recently that the Game of Thrones TV show will reach its end before the books do. Do you have any thoughts on this? Are you confident in the showrunners or are you shitting your pants? I'm I don't know how to answer that because I'm confident in the showrunners, but I'm also kind of shitting my pants. And I'm sad for George R. R. Martin. And I just don't care because I haven't read the books. I'm, I'm probably never will. <laughs> I'm I I'm I'm trying to put myself in a position of a guy who cashed out on his creative cash cow. Um and then either because he had writer's block or he procrastinated or he allowed himself to be distracted with other things um, or whatever, he just wanted to tell the best story he could, has allowed this cashing in to eclipse and surpass the original creative work. And I think if I was him, I'd feel pretty shitty about it. But on the other hand, this seems entirely like a problem that he himself made. And... um you know, if George R. R. Martin dies in the next five years and he never finishes the book series, which is a huge possibility, I'll be glad that the Double Ds, someone that was passionate about the source material and telling the best version of their story they can, um, I'm glad that I will get a, I what I think will be a definitive conclusion, a satisfying conclusion. But okay. I feel really, really bad as a fan of of George. So you don't mind it being in the hands of the television producers? I mean, they've done nothing but... Yeah. give me confidence that 
whatever deviations they make. And I think they that you know, uh, I don't know if the last if the last two seasons of show suck, then my conclusion will be the notes that George gave him sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes I think that maybe the ending isn't as great as as it's it's made out to be. And that's one of the reasons the HBO. Do you know what they're saying the ending is, or they know what it is? Okay. And I also know the HBO is not seems to be interested in stretching it out at all. Which some sometimes, like if this was really awesome and they could tell more story, why wouldn't they milk that out? If HBO it's, if, doesn't really do that. If it's though. a dirty diaper, and like we're gonna have five awesome seasons and two seasons that are kind of like and then end on what the fuck, then maybe getting that out as quick as possible is the way to go before it jumps to shark. You know, I have a lot of faith personally in HBO. That's also I think true, HBO true. treats their shows really well, aside from you know notable stuff like Deadwood, which just you know got canceled for no reason. Yeah, or not not for no reason, I'm sure. Um, stuff like Boardwalk Empire, where they try and squeeze them for that last season, but. I, th- I think for the most part, they are willing to let a show be the show that it needs to be Yeah. in order to satisfy fans, not necessarily just bring in, you know, bucks uh-huh. from, because, because ultimately they're, they're, they're kind of like us, you know, uh-huh. their money comes from the fans. Yeah. If people aren't subscribing to HBO, they're not getting paid. Sure. So they need to satisfy those people with great stories. Yep. So I have a lot of faith in them to, to finish this off. Right. If uh, Martin never gets to it. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. We will be back next week at some time. Uh, and thanks for supporting us. And we will talk to you later. We got the Americans coming up. Um, but we will see you next time. See you.